This is episode number 148 of the Well-Fed Women podcast. Welcome to Well-Fed Women. I'm your co-host, Noelle Tarr, a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified personal trainer, and I'm joined by my bestie, Stephanie Ruper, author of the best-selling book, Sexy by Nature. On the show, we provide moderately abusing banter, authentic, unfiltered conversations relating to nutrition, fitness, mindset, and body image, and offer empowering advice for women from women. While you're listening, please keep in mind that the information on this podcast is intended to provide helpful and informative material and should not be used to diagnose or treat disease. We are so excited to have you here. So now let's have some fun. I kind of wanted to spontaneously break out into happy holidays to you. And I didn't because I can't sing. So, oh my, you know, today... It's not December today. It's mid-November right now. We're recording. <laughs> and I you got just, a little... You just, like, shared our secrets. I, I, they know that we record in advance sometimes. We have to. I know. Because you have a baby, and I, I like... <laughs> am itinerant? Okay. <laughs> so, um, I got a notification from Facebook, like, a previous memories. And I had written in all caps five years ago, like something about our yonder dwelling you know who is he where and what and i was so excited like all caps all of the words for um what's that song anyway what is uh, the, the song? holidays are upon us what's the song i'm not sure my family and i we like the like slightly more obscure ones you know like good king wenceslas i always used to make the joke that nobody knew the words and so you just be like, na na na, King Wenceslas, na 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 na. And then every year I relearn the words, and then every year I forget, and I show up and I burst in the front door, yeah, you know, because I get there close to Christmas, and I'm like, na 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 na, King Wenceslas, na 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 na. Every year, that's my entrance. Oh man, yeah, I had an obsession with like learning all the lyrics of Carol of the Bells. Um, cause that's my fave Christmas song. And so like every year I'd be like, here are the so lyrics. Ridiculous. And then I would always, there'd always be a verse or two that it'd be like, dang it. I don't, I don't remember. Yo, this so makes sense. Noelle in like her black and pink. Like I could just picture it. Like she's like, I'm so intense. I sing Carol of the Bells. <laughs> There's actually a really cool EP version. It's sort of like a EDM kind of version of Carol of the Bells. And I was like, so I listen, I have my AirPods when I'm walking Stella in the mornings, and sometimes it ends up being, you know, like a, an hour and a half that we're walking, and <laughs> I double tapped, because you you can control, um, hit, you hit play or pause from right. the AirPod, right? So I'm double, I double tapped the AirPod to start what I thought would be finishing off from like a podcast I was listening to. But instead, it was Apple Music Sound of the Seasons, my Christmas song that I, you know, station that I listened to. So I didn't change it. I was just like, cool. So I was like walking really fast and um, that song came on and it was like so intense. I was like, dun, 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 dun. Like, I was like, <laughs> just like power walking. And then like some really happy Christmas song came on and it was trash day and like all, you know, my neighbors are like around and the trash men are like throwing. And of course, trash men are actually really friendly. Um, they usually always try to say hi and stuff. So I'm walking and I it was like, you know, whatever. Have a holly jolly Christmas. And I'm like, good morning. And they're like, good morning. And I was just like, this is hilarious. Um, yeah. I was like, if the whole, if your whole day was like serenaded with Christmas music, it would literally be like the happiest day of, of your life. It's just. Well, I used to do that, you know, when yeah. I spent the, when I, could spend a significant amount of time with my mother in Detroit. We would just like, I mean, we're like very serious. I have her bring me a Christmas hat to the airport when she picks me up. <laughs> and then, and then I get home and I'm like, where's everybody's hats? And then I make everybody put on a hat, you know, <laughs> um, we have like a basket of Christmas hats. It's a thing. So funny. And <laughs> yeah. And, just like a hundred, like Christmas music, a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, it's just like always, always playing in my house. Um, They're probably really lucky that I don't live there anymore. Um, I don't know. And now, now when I'm alone, I don't really do it. 
I really, I don't, you know, it's just sad. There's a, couple, so there's a couple Christmas songs. Thank God for Apple Music because there's a couple Christmas songs that I just have had to dislike. And I'm so thankful that I'm freed from ever hearing them again. Like Christmas Shoes. Do you know the song that's like, had to buy her Christmas shoes. It was like this whole story. And it's like, I, I, I can't listen to this again. Sir, I want to buy these shoes. <laughs> no. I don't. This is not a Christmas song. Stop yeah, it. I really, I really don't like the hippopotamus one I because hate, I don't like the voice. Oh my gosh, the worst. That that's it's really it's bad. Like under my skin, can I, I just no? Um, there's this one Christmas song. It's very popular, at least on the you know station that plays it on the radio in Detroit. Because for some reason, when Christmas rolls around, it's the only time anybody ever listens to the radio. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> There's, uh, it's feed the world, you know, it goes yes. feed the world. But like my whole life until a few years ago, I thought it said, Jesus, whoa. <laughs> and so I was like, you guys know that song, Jesus, whoa, right? And they're like, what? <laughs> and so I'm goes. singing it to them and they're like, what? Um, it's feed the world. Yeah. Which is also uh, not the best song. Well, it's just like incredibly colonial, you know, to like, oh, God, like we have to go make everybody Christian. Like, I just can't. It's hysterical. I, I can't. I can't take okay. that song either. I can't take that song either. Yeah. yeah. So modern anyway. Christmas music. Anyway, <laughs> Christmas music. Hopefully everybody's enjoying it. I am a fan. Um, any, any, any announcements from you and Paleo for Women for mid-December? Are you coming home? Will you be in, in, in your trek? I bought a ticket today. Great. Um, I am going to San Francisco and then to Detroit and then to Boston. And then I think back to London and then I think back to San Francisco. That's not exhausting. Uh, it's okay. It's fine. Ugh. I just, there's so much love everywhere in the world. I can't pick just one place. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, wait. So, you're, like, settling. You'll be in San Fran for good? Uh, I, don't, I, I would guess. I don't know. I'm going to stop um, asking the question. Stop asking. I'll let you know <laughs> when I know. Done. I, uh, I had a, I had a experienced a sign last week, so... <laughs> obviously that means i should go for good right i contacted an old friend from college uh because a joke a pun that he used to make about uh the phrase pretty intense he would always go you know what's pretty intense supermodels camping and every what? time somebody says the word intense i think about this friend going supermodels camping so i sent him an email and we got to chatting and it was really fun and cute and uh he told me he was moving to san francisco i was like get out uh, it's a sign. It's definitely a sign. It's a sign. It's a done deal. Um, it's it's not, but I'm feeling I'm feeling, you know, this the the statistics are in California's favor at this point. Okay. Okay. California, just wait. Steffi's on her way. Ooh. Hey, do you want to get into questions? <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> If you haven't yet, make sure to head over to thrivemarket.com slash wellfedwomen to get $60 worth of organic groceries for totally free, plus free shipping, plus a free one-month trial membership. Thrive Market is an online marketplace with all the top premium healthy and organic products that you can get from a grocery store, but without the premium prices. It's like the Costco of Whole Foods, except you shop in your PJs from home on your computer and you don't have to get in the car and your bill ends up being up to 50% less. I've been making an order just about every week since it launched, and I, I just can't imagine my life without it. So to get started with Thrive Market, go to thrivemarket.com slash wellfedwomen. Question number one is from Megan. Hey guys, first of all, thanks so much for your work. You are very and a very important resource for people like me with chronic illness. I would have to assemble a whole team here in Germany to get the knowledge that you two have together. I have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. I was diagnosed in November of 2016 after about six years of illness, and I'm now a, on a combination of NDT and additional T3. I've also had 
dysamenorrhea for about three years unassisted. I will get about three periods a year. Saliva test in April of 2017 showed both low estrogen and progesterone, but in a ratio that meant I was technically estrogen dominant. The test also showed elevated out-of-range DHEA as well as top-of-the-normal-range testosterone. My doctor gave me progesterone cream, which led to two consecutive periods, but I am now experiencing weight gain, acne on my back, and a bit of hair loss. My doctor put me on metformin despite my glucose panel coming back normal. My thyroid hormone labs are also currently normal aside from very high TPO antibodies. I think my body isn't using the progesterone exactly as it should. And since insulin resistance and thyroid aren't directly responsible for my weight gain, hair loss, and fatigue, I'm wondering if I might have adrenal slash DHES-S PCOS. I know Steph has a load of knowledge on this, and it's hard to find a doctor or website that is helpful with anything slightly off book. Some context that leads me to even more strongly to this conclusion. Before I was diagnosed with Hashi's, I was swimming in stress, over-exercising, severely under-eating, and ignoring post-traumatic stress from a childhood trauma, which all likely led to some HPA axis and gut dysregulation. Any ideas you might have would be greatly appreciated. I'm really confused about how I should be exercising, eating, following up with doctors, etc. And when you throw in a bit of body dysmorphia, the whole thing becomes much more stress-induced. Thank you so much. I actually feel reasonably positive about this. It doesn't feel overly complex to me. I think uh, definitely knowing that you have Hashimoto's is a huge step in the right direction. Okay, so talking about these test results. Okay, so the the test showed elevated out-of-range DHEA. Now, you said DHEA, not DHEAS. Those are two different things. Um, DHEA is not implicated in PCOS, whereas DHEAS is. And so if I were you, I would look into that because elevated DHEAS can be problematic. Um, Elevated DHEA out of range is a problem, but not so much and not in terms of PCOS. Um, So I'm not 100% sure what you meant there. Perhaps since you have PCOS, you did mean DHEAS. Um, with elevated testosterone, it seems likely to me that both of them would be elevated for you. Um, progesterone cream can help with PCOS, uh, in, in so far as it increases female sex hormone levels if they've been low and also helps them sort of balance with the male sex hormone levels. But also, of course, there will be downstream side effects, um, the metformin is interesting. It has been demonstrated to help with PCOS, uh, even sometimes when glucose panels are normal. Um, your thyroid hormone labs are also currently normal, aside from very high antibodies, I think, given you know the fact that you seem to have a reasonably normal PCOS hormone profile plus Hashimoto's that definitely focusing on the Hashimoto's, right? With your really high antibodies, that would indicate that your body is still actively working against your thyroid gland. So first and foremost, I would focus on gut health. I definitely think that like, because of your hormone profile, like, yes, we could technically classify you as having PCOS, but I would throw you most deciduously into the Uh, type what I call type three PCOS category, which is hypothyroidism and say that definitely your focus should be working on gut healing and doing that will do a lot for you. Um, Inflammation is really associated with PCOS. And so if you help with your gut, if you help your gut, um, that may help bring down your uh, testosterone levels, your DHEA levels, uh, your stress hormone levels, right, your inflammation, all this sort of stuff. So that is where I would look first and foremost. What does this mean? Uh, (laughs) Team collagen peptides, it means collagen peptides, maybe, you know, or eating, drinking bone broth, right? Um, Kettle and Fire is a company that we really love that makes bone broth if you don't want to make it yourself. Probiotic foods, we talk about a lot, like all of these things, really, really important. Vitamin D, 
take a supplement if you're not getting outside. Vitamin A, I would definitely eat some organ meats, you know, have a small-ish, moderate-sized portion once a week. Um, could be really helpful maybe getting eggs, you know, having an egg a day at least. Um, all really important things you can do to help uh, get your gut up and running. But I really do think that those TPO antibodies are best to focus for now. And then downstream, that will have a number of really beneficial effects in terms of your gut health, your reproductive health, and the like. Okay, and finally, there is also, of course, your history of stress, overexercising, undereating. These things are can be very related to the development of autoimmune disease. You know, with having stress on the body will impair the immune system, and it can work in development with that. And uh, there's really not much you can do about it now because you definitely, uh, once you get Hashimoto's, right, it's there. But working on the gut health will help with that. The history of all of these things will predispose you to having imbalanced sex hormone levels, right? It will predispose you to having low estrogen and progesterone. You might still just have them anyway and could predispose you to being sensitive to uh, fluctuations and rises in your male sex hormone levels um, precisely because of the stress involved with that. Um, I can't, I can't say much to that other than like, yes, it's important. Please do focus on eating more. Um, as I have thrown you assiduously into, I, I don't want to say throw, as I have placed you lovingly and assiduously into the type three PCOS category, I would also like for you to dip your toes into the type two category um, and think a lot about eating more. Uh, that could be a really helpful way to get your estrogen and progesterone levels up. Uh, but to reiterate that TPO level uh, could be, could indicate something problematic that should be revisited. So my only recommendation is to, uh, to get a program that is called PCOS Unlocked. Woo! Oh, I wrote it by the way, everybody. <laughs> Authored, authored by Stephanie Ruper, PhD candidate. Um, yeah. That's true. Yeah, there's loads of information in there. And you're right. It's like anything that's slightly off book is like not really covered in the WebMD, you know, whatever um, stuff. So, yeah, I think that I think that this is your body's response to chronic stress. And there is definitely it's just a manifestation of. You know, you're swimming in stress, you're over-exercising, severely under-eating, all the things. So, obviously, mental and emotional health is is probably, probably going to have to work on that. Um, and then, like Stephanie said, eat your, eat your calories, relax. Um, please don't do any more intense, high-intensity exercising for, like, a time being, you know, while your body can find its own balance. Um I think there's a lot of work that you can do just, like, with that. And then, of course, you know, you're going to have to work to balance some of the other, you know, hormonal imbalances. But there's a lot you can do with just, you know, <laughs> eating more and exercising less. Such. We need a shirt that says that because it's, like, that's the, the recommendation for everything. It's, like, eat less and exercise more. No, we just need a shirt that says eat more, exercise less. Yeah. Yeah. I like those shirts. That's I'll wear it. Question number two is from Heather. Y'all, my jaw dropped on the floor when Stephanie mentioned that she had experienced waking up in the middle of the night and needing to eat. I have been doing I've been so alone in this for most of my life. I've struggled with this for at least 20 years. I'm 38 years old. Obese as a child. I lost about 80 pounds at age 16 or 17. I've fluctuated ever since then. I think I'm coming to a place of body acceptance and being gentle towards myself, but I'm still Wanting to be healthy. Uh, she says she's a size 16, 18, 5, 5, and real cute. Lately been doing <laughs> yeah, yoga. Yeah, lately been doing yoga, swimming, walking. Due to exhaustion from from because of years of riding the roller coaster of workout like a boss, get injured, repeat. I aspire to eat paleo most days, but I'm addicted to sugar, so I really go two days without it. Uh, can't, can't get started without coffee either. I just listened to your episode with Master John and loved what he said about the pivotal place of sleep in your whole wellness. Where to start? You are both beautiful, and I look forward to regularly hearing your honest and helpful voices. The uh, subject of her email um, was night eating syndrome. 
Mm. So I don't necessarily think that that's what you were doing, Stephanie, but I will say that night eating syndrome, which potentially is what Heather is dealing with, is more um, tech. I mean, most of the time it's referred to as waking up and eating a large volume of food and sometimes... Well, it's it's sort of uncontrollable, but a lot of times uh, the people people aren't even aware that it's happening. So it's something that they do in like a semi sleep state. Mm. I mean, it's well, that's really interesting because I've read a lot of different. I've actually done a lot of reading about night eating syndrome. It's funny. One time I googled it. This I've mentioned this happening on the podcast before. And I was like, night eating syndrome, could I have that? And I had written a blog post on night eating syndrome years before. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess yeah. I had this thought already. They will also include in that people who just happen to have shifted their calorie intake to late at night. Um, like literally just people who eat at night. So I think that like historically, there's been a lot of psychological debate about what exactly qualifies. Anyway, where to start night eating syndrome. So I'm curious if that is... I'm going to assume that this is the problem that we are going to address. Um, I think you're doing really great. You know, um, a lot of these things take time. The sugar stuff comes from a lot of places, but can also like have a lot to do with a history of under eating, you know, and over exercising and your body just gets sort of hooked on it. Um, it can come from a serotonin deficiency. If you're not sleeping well at night, like that's just, Honestly, that's really big, you know. Um, so there is a lot there. And so I think first and foremost, where to start is with patience. You know, I've struggled with sleep my entire life. And in the last five years, you know, since I messed up my kidneys, I had like really a really severe time with sleep. And it I worked very hard to try to fix it. And it did take me five years, um, hopefully with information available on the internet and my website and in this podcast we will help you uh, not take five years but I would just like to encourage you to start with that um, secondarily um, in the most recent podcast in episode 147 I actually talked about this um, I will touch on it I will talk about it again um, there are a number of things that you can do to help with the waking up in the middle of the night um, First and foremost, I think, you know, night eating syndrome is poorly understood, I think, because there's so many causes that go into it that doctors have a hard time, like, putting it in categories or labeling it the way that they would like to, you know, the way that at least, like, WebMD would like to make things really simple. Um, you can't. I think that there's a lot of possibilities. Uh, I think... Probably the most important one, again, there's a lot of possibilities for what be going on. Um, magnesium deficiency is up on the list. Uh, magnesium threonate, I've mentioned before and I mentioned in the last podcast, this is a kind of magnesium that is absorbable in the brain. It's the only kind. Um, I do recommend taking that. Um, magnesium is really important for the body making GABA. And GABA is basically the neurotransmitter that will like shut it down in your brain so to speak and if you don't have magnesium in your brain that will not happen period you know so magnesium is really important people will often say you know work out during the day like that's important that can definitely help uh, you also need to make sure that you're eating enough during the day i mean this has fundamentally been my problem for the last several years and i always knew it but i couldn't figure out how to overcome it was that uh, i wouldn't eat throughout the day uh, for various reasons, I, you know, something they talk about in night eating syndrome is that unfortunately people start somehow eating at night and then they get hooked into a pattern of not being hungry in the morning because they ate in the middle of the night. And then you just like kind of get stuck there and you end up having to keep waking up and eat eating. Um, but I do know many people, not just me, who do have to wake up in the middle of the night if they go to sleep hungry or they haven't eaten big enough during the day. Um, that's definitely a thing. So I would try you just like you have to take this leap of saying, OK, you know what, like I'm just going to eat a lot for breakfast and lunch for a week and like still eat dinner. I'm not saying don't eat dinner, you know, even eat dinner like right before bed. I don't care, you know, still eat um, and just like see if I do that for a week and if my body will start sleeping more. I also mentioned last week 
um, shifting your protein intake from to earlier in the day away from later in the day and making sure that you have carbs at night. It's really important uh, because it helps get tryptophan specifically into your brain and not other neurotransmitters. Carbohydrates, the intake of, sorry, not other amino acids, the intake of carbohydrates is directly correlated with the body's ability to get tryptophan into the brain. Um, so I would definitely focus on eating carbs at night. Um, you know, most paleo websites will tell you don't eat carbs before bed because you're going to have blood sugar swings and that's going to wake you up. That may apply for people who struggle with blood sugar swings and who experience the big adrenaline changes in their blood sugar, you know, but um, if you don't, it should be okay. And if you do just, you know, have them a little bit sooner than that. I will say something that I did experience that I haven't figured out yet is that when I would eat a lot of fruit before bed, I would wake up with like really like be like really, really, really hot, like unbearably warm. And I don't know if that's because of a blood sugar thing. I would guess it does not happen to me now that I am not eating protein and just eating, focusing on glucose carbs, which is really interesting. Um, take note of that. Uh, there are also some supplements you can try in addition to the magnesium 308. Um, there is valerian root, which has been rumored to help increase GABA in the brain. And there is L-theanine, which is in that coffee, chimera coffee. There is L-theanine, which is... Uh, does increase the availability of GABA in the brain, um, which is actually why it makes helps you focus. People often pair L-theanine with coffee for this reason, but if you take it before sleep, it will help your body do the GABA stuff. Um, and then there is also tryptophan, which uh, is also effective. Now, I had to stop taking all three of these things because I was getting headaches. Um, related to muscle tension, but I get headaches from everything and very few people talk about these side effects. And so um, definitely worth a try. They were very effective for my sleep. For when I was taking them, I was sleeping through the night and like waking up and feeling well rested. But I also, again, I had to stop because of the headaches. Now I'm just doing the magnesium threonate, working out in the morning and shifting my protein and calories earlier in the day. And that has helped me um, enormously. So perhaps uh, start with that. Yeah, that was um, a little bit more for me than I expected there, Steffi. Uh, really? Yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah. Great job. Okay. Hey, so I think that... <laughs> nice to know your bar for me is so low. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Hey, so I did, I, you know, I've, I haven't personally dealt with this, but I have helped people through this. I had some clients that struggled with this. A lot of times this, uh, I, Stephanie was right on. I think that during the day when we do restrict food and have the mentality that we need to be restricting food, that we need to be staying away from X, Y, or Z, or that we need to be avoiding X, Y, or Z, um, and, and, or we do under eat that can lead to night eating syndrome, which is, you know, either it's sort of like kind of binge eating in the evening or, and, or waking up and eating a lot of food and not real realizing that, um, that it happened. And with a specific, specific client of mine, one thing that we worked on was just mindset, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. mindset around food. Um, you know, if you have the mindset that certain foods are bad and they need to be completely avoided and you spend all day avoiding them and then, you know, you bring somehow you have that food in your house, say it's like the holidays and you have some, you know, you made cookies or something like that. And all of a sudden you wake up in the morning and all of them are gone. Um, and you've kind of like, you know, put it in your head that it, this food is bad. This food is bad. I can't have this food. Um, yeah, I do think that mentally, you know, waking up in the middle of the night and all of a sudden going and eating a lot of that food can, can be caused by a mindset of just constant restriction and or under eating. And so we worked on mindset, which was, look, there are no good or bad foods. This food is not, you know, inherently bad. You're not going to be, you're not going to have, um, you know, your morality is not of impacted if you engage with you know, whatever, X, Y, and Z. And in fact, you know, your life is not going to change if you if you do have a cookie or whatever. Um, and so one of the things that I find um, a lot of times is, and Stephanie and I have wrote about this in the book, was that this 
you know, this kind of funny complex that happens is, is that when somebody's told you that cookies are bad and you decide, oh, cookies are bad. I need to stay away from all the cookies. I'm going, or let's say desserts. Desserts are bad. I'm going to stay away from all the desserts and never have desserts again. I'm going to restrict desserts. Guess what? All you think about is desserts, right? And so then you become obsessive about desserts. And then you you, you think that, oh my gosh, I, I'm addicted to desserts because I just can't stop thinking about it. Um, and I feel like I can't control myself around it. So, so much so that I avoid, you know, any situation that there is going to be a dessert. Um, and really, the underlying cause of that, and this is not the case in every scenario, but really the underlying cause many of times is that we've created this, you know, association that desserts are bad. We cannot engage with desserts. If we eat desserts, our health is going to go out the out the window. We are all of a sudden going to gain all this unwanted weight, um, you know, our, you know, and we're not going to be, I don't know, worthy and, you know, pure. And we're not going to, we can't say we're eating hashtag clean eating anymore. And, you know, our, our identity is wrapped up in that. And, and so, you know, all these things change. And so, well, you know, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of that is, um, can impact, you know, our daily lives and can turn into, other disordered eating tendencies. Night eating syndrome is an eating disorder. And so I'm not going to claim to know anything about it in terms of like all of the things. But I do think that that mindset, how you perceive food, how you perceive certain foods and what you're consuming and how you're engaging with food throughout the day, I think that can absolutely impact night eating syndrome, especially if like how you're engaging with food has to do with like leads to um, you being deficient in specific nutrients. So I love the idea of, yeah, let's like eat all the nutrient dense foods, maybe start to change your perception around food so that you don't see foods as good or bad. Um, and maybe start to change. We did do a, an episode uh, on, you know, the idea of sugar addiction, um, respecting the fact that, yes, sugar is hyper as a, as a hyper um, palatable food and understanding that hyper palatability, that it has hyper palatability, but that, you know, there's some very real, you know, issues with a lot of these foods that are out nowadays and they are um, really sugary and they are, you know, they make us want to come back to them and they're hard to resist and we can overeat them very, very easily. But also... Um, an addiction is often not about the substance. It's more about the pain that we're trying to cover up. So what is it that we're, how, it's a coping mechanism. So what is it that we're trying to cope with or deal with that we're unable to cope with or deal with? And so in other words, we have to use a substance to deal with it. So there's, there's a, you know, a whole podcast on that. I will find it and link to it in the show notes. Um, but I do think, all of Stephanie's recommendations are great. And also just moving forward with maybe changing your mentality around food. And and I, I see some buzzwords here. Like I'm trying really hard to be paleo. I'm addicted to sugar. You know, I, I get that. Um, maybe <laughs> listen to all of our episodes again and start creating a dietary approach that's right for you and your body and respecting your body and what it's been through and where it exists now and, and, you know, pursuing health as opposed to a specific shape. Yeah. Um, I would like to just note really quickly that for me, my problem waking up in the middle of the night is that like, it was definitely not psychological. Like it was physiologically impossible for me to sleep. And I eventually learned to identify different kinds of not being able to sleep. You know, like you, you know, that thing when you're a little bit tired but it's like your brain is tired or your body is tired or like your brain is this kind of fuzzy. Um, I ended up learning that. And so there are, I think it's really interesting that you brought up that psychological piece. Um, and that's really important. And I'm glad that you picked up on, on some of the language there. Uh, but I also want to say, I think there's a lot of stigma in the, like a lot of ideas about sleep um, I've heard in the health world a lot people say like, oh, not sleeping is an anxiety issue or something or, um, 
but it can definitely, you know, be a physical thing. I think Noel is right that these two are definitely intertwined for you. Um, it is some degree, uh, but for all y'all out there who, uh, you know, really struggle with your sleep, definitely you got to tackle it from both sides. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Kamira Coffee, both with a K, which provides premium high-altitude coffee infused with nootropics. Now, if you've never heard of nootropics before, they're basically brain vitamins, sometimes also called smart vitamins, that help promote focus, cognition, and memory. Kamira Coffee is infused with 750 milligrams of nootropics, specifically alpha-GPC, which is a natural choline compound, taurine, and L-theanine, which is a non-dietary amino acid that is well-known for promoting mental relaxation. These nootropics come from organic compounds, which can be found naturally in food sources such as eggs and green tea. Chimera Coffee is coffee with cognitive enhancers and is great for athletes looking to improve their workouts and those who want to improve their focus at home or work. As a special offer for our listeners, Kamira Coffee is offering 10% off everything on their website. You just need to use the code WELLFED, which is all one word, at KamiraCoffee.com. That's Kamira, K-I-M-E-R-A, Coffee, K-O-F-F-E-E.com. And again, use the code WELLFED. Ugh, sleep. Speaking of, question number three is from Brittany. Hi, you two beautiful ladies. I think you both are just awesome humans and love the podcast. Your podcast has helped me overcome years of eating disordered behaviors, including orthorexia, and helped me gain the motivation to gain enough weight to get my hormones back to normal and get preggers. Yay. My baby girl is currently six months old. My question is about helping your hormones get into balance postpartum when you're completely sleep deprived. My girl is not a great sleeper, and I am sleep-deprived to say the least. I am up almost hourly, many nights. I know how bad sleep deprivation is for cortisol, metabolism, cognitive function, etc. I have had some serious problems with cortisol in the past due to over-exercising and under-eating. Postpartum has been a humbling experience, working with a pelvic floor physio on diastasis recti, recovering Recovery and pelvic floor issues, I have only been doing walking and very, very light body weight exercises after the initial eight weeks. My priority is helping my body build back all the micronutrients and balance the hormones to get pregnant with baby number two in a year or so. God bless you if you're already talking about that. Anyway, I am wondering (laughs) how you can help decrease cortisol and all the evils that comes with sleep deprivation without sleep. And trust me, I try and nap when I can, and I really, I try and stay in bed as long as I can so that I can accumulate at least six hours or so in the nights between wake-up. It's just not the same. Thanks for any insight. Hoping you are sleeping better than me, Noel. Well, This is not the case. Also, team Gala Apples and all the snacks. My life is snacks. Team hey, snacks. Brittany and I are just <laughs> spirit animals for each other right now. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, okay. So I've not had a baby, but I do have some ideas. Um, I think first and foremost, the most important thing to do when you're not sleeping well is not freak out about it. Um, a really problematic thing for me when I struggled with my sleep, do struggle with my sleep. I have now internalized this is the fact that it's okay. You know, my body still like can carry out its normal functions I will be able to sleep better at some time in the future. It doesn't need to happen right now. And I say that because the more pressure we put on ourselves to sleep and the more we stress about how much we're sleeping, the less well we're going to sleep and also heal. So I think, I know I say this a lot, but I think patience is really important here. Um, And just sort of letting your body, you know, and your baby, you know, do what they got to do and going along for the ride. Um, I personally wouldn't like really want to push in any particular directions, including, you know, the next one. But if that's, you know, if that's your agenda, yes. All right. We can, we can work with this. Um, But I do think again, that calm, you know, being calm about it all is, is still really important. Um, It's a priority there. Uh, There are some things you can do. You're right that like waking up once an hour is just, it's not the same. It's technically not the same. Sleep cycles are longer than that. (laughs) You know, when you interrupt them, you never get into the deep sleep that 
where like a lot of the healing stuff happens and like memory formation, you know, like we, our bodies make like solidify our memories while we sleep. This is why quick aside, if you're studying for an exam or something, it's much better to study for an hour and then sleep for three or six than it is to study for four and then not sleep. Just PS everybody. Um, you will remember more if you sleep. So that is like important. And this is a part of why um, postpartum women have a hard time like coming up with words and stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> like it's real, you know, brain fog yeah. is a real thing when you, when you don't sleep, your brain just, you know, it gets a little, it doesn't get to do its cleanup. It gets a little cluttered, you know? So um, these things are definitely real. In the meantime, oh, you can eat a you can eat a nice diet. Um, I would like to throw out there as something that's not just eat paleo. Um, uh, do some deep breathing. Yeah, uh, if you're looking to decrease your cortisol levels, you really you really can't do better than that. You know, I guess you could do that in the form of yoga or meditating, or um, you could literally just while you're watching TV, nursing your kid. Um, cooking, like doing anything, just remind yourself constantly to be breathing really deeply, you know, four seconds in at least four seconds out, like take your time with both. And I think you'll notice a huge difference in times in which I am like even remotely stressed. If I start breathing deeply, and I'm really big about this these days, I mentioned maybe four or five podcasts ago, how um, deep breathing has been huge for my headaches. Um, I, if I, <laughs> if I do it a lot, I kind of like feel like I kind of want to cry. And I realize that there's just been like a lot of tension and I haven't been processing it because I haven't been slowing down enough to do it. So deep breathing, I put huge on the list. Um, I think letting yourself eat like as much as you want should also be on that list. You know, like if you want to have another child soon, I would radically deprioritize body image stuff, weight stuff. Um, and focus on eating as much as possible and eat as much of the, like focus a lot also on what you're including and not so much on what you're excluding. I mean, you can if you want, but uh, focus a lot on getting a bone broth, get out and get some sun if you can, if not take a vitamin D supplement, uh, eat some organ meats, you know, lots of a rainbow, a palette of vegetables or whatever they want to call it, you know, eat lots of veggies, um, good starchy fruity carbs, eggs, you know, the organic, the wild caught stuff, the grass fed stuff, like I would really hear focus on pumping quality. Um, and as much as I can, including quality, uh, but not really putting pressure on myself in any other way. Yeah, I'm too tired to answer this. Um, just kidding. I, <laughs> I don't have a lot of good answers here. I, I'm struggling in this moment because I think that what the most damage that the sleep deprivation does is mostly on your mental health. And I've talked about this before, that when you're not sleeping, it's like you're just very, very prone to anxiety and depression. And especially in this postpartum period, it's 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 a struggle. Um, your, your hormones tank after pregnancy. Then you're given this child, especially when it's your first one, and you're just like, what do I do with this thing? And if you have a challenging child, like it sounds like you do, like I do, it's it's completely and entirely overwhelming. And sometimes you you look at your life and you're like, what did I just do? You know, what did I just do? And it's easy to really get down and spiral downward when you have so little sleep. Because here's the thing, and this is what I'm struggling with, is that now, you know, my child is much more active and moving around and needs much more interaction and the days are exhausting, you know? Um, I am literally almost jittery because I'm trying to get so much stuff done. Like, I'm trying to, like, okay, we do this, and then we do this, and now we got to do this, and I've got to get this laundry done, and let me see if I can get the salads done before she starts crying. And so it's like, you know, and oh my gosh, can I get, you know, <laughs> any ounce of work done? Um and so, like, I'm constantly bouncing throughout the day, trying to take care of another human, be a mom, and run a business, um, and be a wife, because that's kind of important. And then the night comes, and guess what? It's even more exhausting. <laughs> it's like, last night I slept from, I was telling staff, from like 9 to 11, and then from 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. Like, that was my sleep. And so I have to, like, run off of that. And so it's just, like, 
instead of being able to crawl in a ball and say, you know, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to move today. I have to because I'm a mom. And so I feel like um, it's really, really, really easy just to kind of like get lost in that. And so um, you have to be able to support yourself mentally and emotionally. You have to have support from your husband, your spouse, your parents, your um, friends. You know, you've got to be able to have support in the mental, emotional health area. And I know everybody recommends this. They're like, you've got to, you know, if you need a day to like catch up on sleep, like please have your family members come over and help. And that's so much easier said than done because we live in a day and age where we all don't live in the same town, you know, and especially me. Um, I don't have any family around, so it's hard. Um, but you've got to be able to kind of have people that you can reach out to, that you can talk to, um, that you can cry to, that you can express emotion to when it, it does get too hard um, and when it does get a little overwhelming because it just sometimes feels like it's never going to end. And it does, and I get it, and, oh, this too shall pass. But, like, I'm feeling sometimes it just feels like there's just no light at the end of the tunnel. Um and, uh, yeah, so I would, you know, do the little things that you can do to reduce overall stress, like making sure you're tending to your mental health and that you're using, um, you know, you're, you're, you're supported, making sure that you are supplementing. So I really do, I don't get a lot of high quality organ meats in, so I still am taking that Paleo Organ Valley Complex. Um, I am taking a high quality of Ros- the Rosita um, Extra Virgin Cod Liver Oil. I am taking my prenatal still, um, taking magnesium, and I do that every day, um, it, it, just to make sure that I'm, you know, being supported with these nutrients, trying my best to really make sure that I'm getting high quality meats and veggies in, and my husband does help me out with that a lot, and he has full-time job and some. You know, he's also in the reserves, so we have, he's balancing two jobs, but, you know, we make it a priority to eat good, to make sure that we have some sort of prepared food every day. So, um, that's what we've been doing. Obviously, we use Thrive Market because that's what I eat for lunches. I usually eat leftovers and or then we'll have, like, bars um, and our snacks. And, yeah, I mean, um, gosh, it just do anything you can. Like, if you feel like, here's the thing. If you're going to wake up and you feel terrible and you had a workout planned, please don't do the workout, you know? Like, respect your body and its needs and the fact that it's going through probably the most stressful time that it will ever go through. Like, the postpartum period is just, it's just this cluster. It's like, I, I don't understand why this ha- this happens the way it does. Like, it's like, hey, let's put you through the most traumatic life experience you could ever go through of growing a baby for nine months, then having to push it out of you then all of a sudden you're given this thing and after the most traumatic physical experience you've ever had, whether that be a C-section or if this thing came out of your vagina, uh, now your body is completely re-regulating. You probably haven't slept in days and now we give you this thing and you have to take care of it, which is on top of that, like (laughs) one of the hardest things you have to do in life. So it's like, I don't get it. I don't know why it's like, why are we given this thing literally when we're at like zero? Um, and likely very, very underslept. And then it's just like, then you are underslept for, you know, six, 12 months, whatever. Um, but you get through it. And I think that you have to stay positive. You have to have people who ha- are like, who are further down the line, um, who have been through it and can say, look, it gets better. You're going to get through it. This is just another day. And like tonight, let's see if you can let's let's hope you can get better sleep and you know it's just as like okay like today's a day where i'm just like i've just got to get through the day and get back to see if i can get a good sleep tonight and then and then i'll be in a better headspace but yeah i I do think that supplements are great i think spending some time and money on some good snacks (laughs) is great um good coffee is great and um you know making sure that you're supported with with the people around you and making sure that you're not overdoing it with the exercise and that you're not putting pressure on yourself to get back to some, you know, whatever body that you thought or you think you should have that society's telling you should have, you know, if it's, if it's 
just getting if you're your exercise if you need to get out and this has been part of my mental health is that i get out and i take her for a walk every day and she sleeps in the stroller um and that has been so so amazing for me and the weather's been great and it's been sunny and that's how i get out i get out you know an hour or two a day she's not she's not sleeping on me um you know she's sleeping away from me and i sometimes get to just sit in the park with her sleeping and i you know just just sit um so yeah, so that, you know, working in little things like that, I think are important, like a walk here or there or whatever, um, you know, saying you, if you've reached your limit, saying I'm at my limit, I need to leave the house for a second, or I need to have a day where, um, you know, it's not my job to do the naps, you know, it's just, I think that's important. So we get there. I text my husband sometimes and he's at work and I'm like, I'm at it. We're here. The limit has been reached. And he's like, okay. And so he knows when he comes home, it's. I am checking out. <laughs> so, yeah. So hopefully that was helpful, even though probably not um, because I'm in the same place. But, yeah. <sighs> All the things. I'll link to the stuff. Um, the organ complex. <laughs> <laughs> More work. I'll even link it to the Paleo Valley. Um, complex and the and the uh, magnesium. And I think I said the Rosita extra virgin cod liver oil. Um, but Ophelia, Ophelia's sister, um, the sleep part, if I can just, if I can just figure out the sleep thing, which again, I have a high needs baby, I'm trying a lot of things, but if we can just get the sleep part figured out, I feel like my life will just change. Um, so yeah, I keep telling my husband, I'm like, I would desperately would love to have another child, but I don't know if I can do this again. Like, I just want to get this sleep figured out. So I keep telling myself that we're going to have this like super easy baby next. That is just like so chill. It's possible. It's possible. Hey, I like it. <laughs> I will take it. I will claim I think it. It's probable. It's Believe possible. it. Believe it and receive it. All right. So that's it. I am done. Are you done? Yeah. Perfect. Um, for more from Steffi, go to paleoforwomen.com. For more from me, go to coconutsandkettlebells.com. Follow us on Insta at WellFedWomen. Please leave us reviews. It would make us happy. I do read them all, and they make me smile. Um, you can do that now very easily in the new Apple Podcasts app. You could just scroll down and review and write one. Um, so, yeah, couldn't be easier. Questions, if you got them, send them to wellfedwomen at gmail.com, and we will talk to you next week. Bye.